surprising literally nobody, I was a huge Jonas Brothers fan when they were first big. I know, I was so incredibly the target demographic. Like, I was junior high school girl when they were big, and I was convinced I was going to marry Nick Jonas, but there was some post that was just like, hey, we are recording something, and everyone, myself included, lost their shit. And that was Sucker, which also, a bop. I love that song so much. I will never get over that song. But anyway, I was at my friend's house the night that Sucker dropped. Just coincidentally, we were hanging out. And I remember as soon as it started, she was like, Alexa, play this song. And we just listened to it on repeat. Alexa just started talking to us downstairs. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Alexa, calm down. She doesn't hear me now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Same Page. If you don't already know me, I'm your host, Jenna Clausen, lover of books, sympathizer of book-to-movie adaptations, and owner of an embarrassingly long TBR list. Each month, I'll be bringing on a bookish friend or two to read and discuss some current reads. But the question will remain, will we be on the same page? Grab a drink, join the discussion, and we'll find out together. Hello friends, welcome back and welcome to our second check-in for the month of December. This is going to be our bookish discussion of our favorite reads, watches, and listens of the month of, <laughs> of the year of 2020. It seems like it's been a decade, not month, a month. year, it's so always about the same. Time is irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> If you are watching on YouTube, or if you just heard that random voice coming out, you might notice that Dana is not here. Uh, some, someone who does not look like Dana is on the other side of the screen. Much more ruggedly handsome, I would say. <laughs> Has many more puppies on his sweater. Uh, at least, at least two more. <laughs> I can't speak for Dana's sweater collection. It's true. Uh, so we will have put it in during the editing process in the last episode. So if you watched or listened to that one, you will already be aware. But unfortunately, Dana did have to step away from the show just due to some scheduling conflicts. And my husband, Nick, was very gracious and <laughs> offered to, at the very last minute, uh, record this second to last episode with me. So welcome. Thank you for letting me drag you into my project. <laughs> I got to buy a, a new microphone, so that was pretty fun. <laughs> We've been talking about getting a second one forever, and this was just, it was the perfect excuse. N now it was a necessity rather than right. like, a, like a want. <laughs> now yeah. it was my fault. Like, wow, that darn wife Gotta needs bail me. her out again. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like you are already ready. Do you want to start us off with what you're drinking? Yes, I, I'm drinking a Shiner Holiday Cheer. It is their Christmas beer, which I affectionately call Christmas beer. Hashtag um, sponsor me. <laughs> hash, hashtag sponsor, please. 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 <laughs> hashtag sponsor my wife. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll wear merch. I don't care. Um, no, uh, so it's a uh, Texas brewery that uh, 
Shiner and Yingling are the two like craft beers that you can find on any military post because so many people come from Texas and Pennsylvania. Fun fact. Sure. I I don't think I knew that they were local. This yeah, is his favorite uh, Christmas beer. He drinks Shiner, it. Texas. Like this is his one of his favorite things to buy as soon as it kind of rolls over into Christmas season. He's like, yes, it's officially Christmas. The Christmas beer is out. But, some people yeah. buy trees. Some people buy poinsettias <laughs> or poinsettias, however you choose to pronounce it. I buy the Christmas beer and then I know the season has arrived. <laughs> some people make their husbands turn down the AC so they can finally start drinking red wine. <laughs> and then I am being boring, I guess, the past couple episodes. And so I still have my hot toddy in my Mrs. Tumblr. Do you want to tell them what you call these when you make them for me? Oh, yes. So uh, a hot toddy uh, is uh, hot water, lemon, uh, and bourbon, typically. Backstory, he is my bartender. <laughs> yes. Um, but Jenna likes a uh, an Earl Grey, and I don't enjoy bourbon, so it's almost never in the house. But we have brandy from our uh, days of making wassail. Mm-hmm. So brandy, tea, Earl Grey tea, lemon and honey, and it is a Lord Toddington. It's fancy. Because it's fancier than a regular hot toddy. Yes. And and so it's a it's a Lord Toddington, he keeps telling me. Do you want to tell them what you've decided it's called when you use cheap alcohols? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, fine. I guess we are just moving <laughs> right along. And as I said in the beginning, we are discussing our favorite reads, watches, and listens of the year 2020. And what a year it was. <laughs> what order did you want to go in? Why don't we do books? It's supposed to be a reading podcast after all. I and would think get so. Your... <laughs> in theory. And then we can get your couple of reads out of the way and then we can move on to movies which you you may have some more input in my couple poor husband, of reads I, is shockingly accurate <laughs> i dragged him into this very last minute we, as if i would have read more books this year if i had known. well <laughs> no but i still feel bad like there are short books that if i said last week hey do this episode with me you probably could have finished and had something else to add to sure, it. Sure, sure. But it was after Dana and I finished the last episode that I was like, hey, Nick, you want to you <laughs> do this episode with me? <laughs> it's going to be fun cutting all those meows out. The Absolutely. animals are not used to both of us being on computers at the same time. <laughs> Usually Nick is downstairs keeping the animals quiet. So this will be... An animal-heavy episode. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. Family affair. Right. This is the uh, Instagram versus real life version of the (laughs) podcast. Uh, So yeah, let's start off with favorite reads. Um, So I spent most of the year uh, preparing for and studying for the LSAT and uh, preparing for law school applications and all that. So give a shout out to the uh, PowerScore Bibles. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There are uh, the, so many of them, y'all. It's kind of hard to see this shelf behind <laughs> me. But on the bottom of this shelf, if I move my elbow, these are all LSAT books down here. 
I just wish they had helped more. (laughs) (laughs) It was very disappointing. (laughs) Yes, I had 10 LSAT books, and that's why I got a 180. No. No. Said nobody ever. No. Uh, But yeah, so that was three of the four books I read were Powers (laughs) or LSAT books. Uh, The actual book that I read that was an actual book that I... It it was a brisk six-month read. Um, so no, yeah, the one actual book that I read this year was Disney's Land by Richard Snow. Uh, it's a uh, nonfiction book for uh, talking about the history of the creation of Disneyland, which is a subject near and dear to our hearts. Um, I it was incredibly interesting. Like there are just so many small details that that went one into sounded the, really interesting when you first picked mm-hmm. it up. Um, I never read a like comprehensive telling of that story before uh but there's just so much so many small details so many small little nuances and quirks uh that went into developing this theme park that really had nothing like it had ever existed before you had your coney islands you had your uh like things that you would see in a supermarket parking lot now yeah. uh, but nothing had no like nobody had really gone into developing a theme park kind of experience uh, before mm-hmm. Disneyland. And so just kind of creating that uh, language and background is incredibly interesting. And there are just so many small stories that are hilarious. Uh, we'd be reading in the morning and I would just let out a, a small guffaw. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> he would what lean over he... and be like, I'm going to read you this page and a half. Just hold on. <laughs> <laughs> read you this page and a half of a book that you want to read. <laughs> right. <laughs> you did that when you read... Uh the RBG book a few years ago too. He kept wanting to read me passages and I'm like, I want to read this book. (laughs) (laughs) Reminder. (laughs) Let me pull up my list then. So people who watch the episodes on YouTube have probably seen my journal that I always keep with me. And sometimes I would show Dana a note in my journal and he would laugh at me. Um, But I I love keeping a bullet journal. And so at the very beginning of the year, I made this like bracket spread to basically pick a favorite book that I read each month. And then as the months went on to narrow it down to favorite book of the year, Nick and I were laughing earlier today because I haven't looked at it in a, a little while. Um, and I missed some steps when I was making the bracket. I guess I just didn't remember what they looked like when I made this last December. I don't know if I was Semi-finals are overrated. Yeah, I don't don't know if I was really tired or what, but, (laughs) so I have this half bracket of, of, uh, favorite reads for each month. Obviously the only one not filled out yet is December, since we are recording this technically still within the first week of December. (laughs) Uh, So these lists that we are giving are not completed. Uh, They will change before the end of the year. But um, just going through the ones that I had written down. Uh, But the first one was Faker by Sarah Smith. Nice, easy contemporary romance. Uh, February, Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating by Christina Lauren. If you know me or you listen to the podcast or are even 
slightly aware of my blog, you know that I am obsessed with Christina Lauren and their books. Um, so this was one from their backlist that I somehow hadn't read before this year and finally read in February and is now one of my very favorites of theirs. Uh, March. It was funny going back through and looking at all of my read books and Goodreads for this year and kind of comparing with this list because March, April, and May, I've mentioned on the podcast before, I did very little reading. Just kind of, the world was falling apart, and so was my mental health, and it just, it wasn't a great time for reading. But I didn't remember that I only read two books in March, and I think it was three or four in April. So it, it was wild to look back and realize that. And so The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary, I really enjoyed but I guess just kind of one between the two books that I read in March. Yeah, um, that, was, that was your 16th seat in this bracket of eternal March Madness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, April. Cockley takes drink. What? <laughs> Cockley takes drink after making hilarious joke. It was so, I'm so funny. Yeah. Just let that marinate. <laughs> <laughs> You were waiting to see if I was going to ask about the sports reference. I didn't. <laughs> uh, just kind of go through these quickly. I, I could have just explained it to you. You, sh you sure could have. <laughs> just kind of go through these pretty quickly since there are, yeah. in fact, 11 of them. Uh, April Was Not Like the Movies by Carrie Winfrey, which was a sequel to one of my very favorite books from 2019, uh, which was called Waiting for Tom Hanks. So cute. If you are a fan of uh, movie rom-coms, especially the Nora Ephron movies, the You've Got Mail, um, now I'm not going to think of any other one. Julie and Julia, Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle was the other one I was trying to think of, yes. Yeah. Um, those kinds of things. This book is very much a love letter to Nora Ephron movies, and it's just a treat. Uh, May was Meg and Joe by Virginia Cantra, I think is how her last name is pronounced. Uh, modern retelling of Little Women, as if the four sisters all lived in modern day. It's delightful. Instead of wanting to be a novelist, Joe is a food blogger, which just made me happy. <laughs> uh, June was The Night Swim by Megan Golden, which was a... It, it, I, I will say more thriller than mystery, but it kind of towed the line there. Uh, but it had some pretty serious uh, content and like trigger warnings that I would give for that one. So very good, but some sensitive topics. So I will put my blog post for that one in the description box if you want to check it out. It's very good. It just it deals with some pretty tricky stuff. July was Wild at Heart by K.A. Tucker, which is the second book in the Simple Wild series. Talked about that series in our first check-in of the month, so I'm not going to go too deep into that one, but I loved them. Uh, August was The Wife Who Knew Too Much by Michelle Campbell. Now that we're getting into books that I read during the months that we were recording the podcasts, I think I've talked about all of them on here. Uh, so again, I'm not going to give too much information but this was another thriller. September was One to Watch by Kate Stamen London, 
October was Verity, Colleen Hoover. I went way in depth with that one in October, so I'm not even going to touch it, but it was amazing. Highly recommend. And November was Forever Wild by Kaya Tucker. Again, the third installment in the Simple Wild series. But yeah, I read it recently enough that it, I still have lot, lots of emotions for it, and it was just so good. <laughs> It came out three days ago, officially, I think. <laughs> Go read it. But yeah, so those are mine. I, like I said, don't have one for December yet, obviously, because when we are recording this, we are only six days into December. <laughs> Haven't read very many of the books that I'm hoping to read this month. But I'm excited. It's, so far, it has been a pretty good year for reading for me. Um, not great. Those three months in the springtime like i said were not my best or my <laughs> there was nothing going on to distract you though so i mean really yeah i can't imagine why i wasn't reading i had nothing better to be doing okay that part is true oh <laughs> 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 uh, but anyway i believe so far as of today the 6th of december i have read 83 books this year that is 82 more than I have. <laughs> okay, I think you can count You're your crushing LSAT it. books. You're the best. <laughs> Go, Jenna. I married my personal hype man. Yeah. So, all you friends out there, piece of advice, marry the hype man. Works out really well for you. Does wonders for your self-esteem. <laughs> So what do we think? Do we want to go into listens and finish with watches? Sure. Sounds good Since to me. Since I think watches, our lists will probably overlap quite a bit because we are married and living in the same house and spent most of this year inside the house and watched a lot of things together. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to pick out movies that I was like, okay, I know I didn't watch that with her. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's not already talking about that. All of the movies and TV shows that I picked to watch, we watched together. Because 2020, man, we spent basically the entire year sitting on a couch together and <laughs> working on our laptops. Yeah. It's been a, it's a crazy crime. decade of a year. I mean, I've had 65 movies, I think, this year, because that's what I keep track of. And <laughs> I don't even, like, the, the ratio of, like, Disney animation to everything else is... It was a lot. It's, it was funny lot, because, yeah. yeah, you say that's what you keep track of, and I keep track of my reading. He had to remind me what we watched this year. <laughs> I was like, we watched this and no other no examples. Other examples. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you want to give us your first listen or your first of the list, not necessarily first of the year? Sure. Um, my first one and probably my number one uh, album of the year uh, was Sawayama by Rina Sawayama. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a artist and album I'd heard about on a podcast, like I hear about most pop culture things. Um, <laughs> but it's she's a British artist of Japanese uh, descent or descent. Yeah, that's the right term. Uh, and she truly just like wears her inspirations on her sleeve. She's mm -hmm. this uh, uh, Brit pop performer came up during the two thousands. Uh, I heard her on an interview pretty recently that was saying like the 2000s were such an interesting time for music because the number one 
song in the world change dramatically week to week. You had your Britney mm-hmm. Spears, and then you had Linkin Park and Limp Biscuit and uh, Christina Aguilera. Like it just kept changing. So mm-hmm. she wears those emotion or uh, or those genres on her sleeve on this album. It's so crazy just to hear like this very traditional kind of pop song and then this very heavy metal guitar coming in halfway through the song and you're like what am i listening to right now well those are kind of your favorite things anyway when something just hits you in the face that you were not expecting at all it's literally my favorite moment when it comes to like uh taking in any sort of art is just like i have no idea what's going on the moment you kind of look around at the other people like it it were you Are we all seeing this? this? Like, is it, this is happening, right? <laughs> yeah, that's your favorite thing. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I meant to say earlier, in listens, we're counting uh, podcasts and albums and anything else you might have listened to. I wasn't including audiobooks because I was including those in reads. Like, when I am picking my favorite reads of the month, I consider my audiobooks as well. So I wasn't including those. So I actually just have three albums that I listened to a lot. (laughs) (laughs) A lot. And got me through this doozy of a year. Because mostly I listened to audiobooks this year. Mm -hmm. Trying to sneak back up on that Goodreads reading goal. Hasn't worked yet. But (laughs) that was the goal. Uh, But the first one, probably the one that I listened to the most of the three, it's going to be kind of a weird choice, Uh, but it was the Walt Disney Legacy Collection Disneyland CD. Nick is dancing. That is a really weird sentence to say about a CD that you listen to a lot, but this... It was just so happy. Um, A little bit of background. Like Nick said in the beginning, Disney is just very important to us, uh, both separately as people and then in our relationship as well. We just, we love Disney. We go as often as we can, or we did when the world wasn't falling apart. Uh, (laughs) We have so many happy memories in Disneyland and so it's just a very comforting not even nostalgic although it is but just soothing to our souls so we started listening to this album more and more and basically what it is is it is literally the songs and sounds of Disneyland and so I think it's the first track is Walt's opening day speech and there's a track that is the entire soundtrack of the uh, Disneyland Railroad, which is one of my very favorite rides in the park. Your attention, please. Yeah. Oh, it, it makes me cry it's, right now. It still makes me tear up. It's, it's there's real a lot bad. of emotions <laughs> tied up with the railroad, I guess, that I didn't quite realize until we couldn't go and we couldn't be on it. And then I was listening to this track and just like sobbing uncontrollably. Um, yeah. But there's also like, some of the uh, instrumental songs that they play on Main Street. And there's a Fantasyland suite where it's, you know, bits of the ride soundtracks for the four, five 
uh, storybook dark rides in Fantasyland. And yeah, I mean that's the coolest part of that album. Like it's I, so I love cool. it too. It's the entire like ride audio for certain rides. So you'll just like uh, they'll start playing the pirates soundtrack mm-hmm. and it's from your from loading in the bayou yeah. down the chute down to the throughout the town like it's just that ride audio that plays throughout so, mm-hmm. as a single track it's such a cool one thing. of them is the indiana jones ride and i would listen to this cd in the car also when i was like driving to the post office or you know whatever boring day-to-day things and i'd be driving in my car and the disneyland or the indiana jones theme song with the would come on out of nowhere because i never remember the order that this cd is in like (laughs) what track order (laughs) and i would feel so badass driving down the street with that plane because in the movies it always plays over like a car chase or something (laughs) So it was always very funny. I felt very cool. Now I'm just imagining your tiny car in a car chase. And I'm like, <laughs> here for it. My tiny car and me who hates driving. I would not do well in a car chase. I would pull over and just be like, you got me. <laughs> your turn. Do you want to do another listen? I don't know how many yeah. you wrote down. I've got three. Perfect. It's almost like you planned it around my list. <laughs> Um, so my, my second one is not a particularly like avant-garde one is my second one or my first one might've been, uh, it's Chromatica by Lady Gaga. Like mm. it's just like the three so albums I'm going to say are so many pops. Like, and it's just <laughs> w- what I love about certain sort of pop is the second you press play, you're simultaneously feeling like it's a new experience, but also something you felt before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, I think, does this very well, uh, too. It's just, like, this feeling of familiarity and newness at the same time. Mm-hmm. And just feeling like, I've always known this song. I've always known this feeling. And it's just a really kind of cool experience. And Chromatica is very much the same way. Um, Rain On Me is probably, like, my song of the year, personally. It's, it's just so good. A, it's such a good song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just like feeling part of culture like that that is such a fun thing uh it's just feeling like okay she's dropping this on may whatever it was uh let's get fucking psyched right (laughs) like it it was just so much fun yeah i I, chromatic is awesome give it a listen Uh, elton john is randomly on there singing far deeper than you would think elton john could sing uh moving on what about what's what's your second listen uh, and why is it so, Leslie Adam Jr.'s Mister? <laughs> I was gonna do that one third. Spoilers. Oh, it's okay. I'll do it now. <sighs> <laughs> What's your favorite part, and why is it this? Um, <laughs> so my second one, because he ruined the surprise, is the album Mister by Leslie Odom Jr., yeah. who I love. I refer to him as my best friend. (laughs) He refers to you as your best friend. It's true. We are besties. There's photographic evidence and no one can uh, prove to me otherwise. Yep. If you're watching the video, we'll put the picture in here. (laughs) And then then we'll just cut to that picture and it'll be great. It'll be really good. That does mean I would have to learn how to do that. I'm just kidding. I can do that. I was going to say, I would think you can do that. Uh, But uh, (laughs) unless you just want to like... (laughs) 
Yeah, unless you just want to leave this in, and then it's just like, look at what what a doofus Nick is. And th- th- that is also good. <laughs> or for... I will leave this in underneath the picture, mm-hmm. and so it'll just be it'll be really good background. I'm actually obsessed with that. Yeah, <laughs> obsessed with this call. I love this journey for you. One of our first like big dates, I would say. So we had done going and seeing. A show at one of the community theaters, wine and paint nights, stuff like that. But one of our first, like, we are buying tickets to an event and we are going to this. Yeah, dates. two months out. Yeah, it was it was early, <laughs> and you bought it on a whim. Oh my gosh! So we went and saw <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr. because I am obsessed with him. He's his voice is just so beautiful. If you do not know who this person is, shame on you. But also, yes, you do, because he was in Hamilton. Uh, and everyone knows Hamilton at this point. He played Aaron Burr. And, but his albums, other than Hamilton, are just so good. I don't mean to hate on Hamilton. Fucking love Hamilton. Like, I don't, I don't no think you could here. hate on Hamilton if you wanted to. No, I sure couldn't. I, I would, the words would get caught in my throat, and I wouldn't be able to say them. Uh, but his other albums are just so good. One of his Christmas albums is one of my very favorite Christmas albums to listen to during the season. Um, but anyway, and we were in a show together when we started dating and we were talking about, this was when we were in Washington, we were talking about how he was coming to Seattle and we were like, man, wouldn't it be fun to go see him? That'd be great. And Nick goes, yeah, when would that be? When is that? And he looked it up and he goes, cool, I just bought us tickets. And I was like, I... What? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so presumptive. Like, we, we were no, both on I don't board mean that at, at all, that point. But it was, it was so... Yeah, we were like... We were going on dates pretty frequently at that point. It wasn't a, good, don't make any plans, because I just made plans for you. But it was just so much more spontaneous than I had ever been with something like that. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like little hair flip. Who is this that just impulse bought Leslie Odom Jr. tickets? Um, but to <laughs> Yeah, it, day, it makes it sound so spontaneous and not just like I have a really bad impulse buying habit. <laughs> like it's, it's just, it's two sides of the same coin. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> it's fine. Who's to say? Sometimes I, sometimes I impulse buy like concert tickets. Sometimes it's shoes for you. Sometimes it's, it's, it's new, <laughs> new gaming systems. And that's fine. It's healthy. Everything's fine. We're all fine here. Do not send anyone to look We're all this. just trying to get through this together. <laughs> and if that if we could do it with a PlayStation 5, that would be, that'd be so cool. Um, but anyway, to this day, that is one of my favorite nights that we have had together as far as like a night out it we were right up on the stage like we we literally saw a hand like put his set list down we're just like yeah it was right in front of us so it wasn't um chair seating like in rows we were at tables and our table was touching the front of the stage and we were so close yeah the set list was taped to the floor right in front of me and i was like let's take a little peeky peek and see what's coming up. And at one room point, where it happens, how will that play in this, in this space? <laughs> and, and, um, 
Yeah, at one point, because we were so close, he was doing the thing that performers do where you like look out into the audience and make eye contact with them and like, look, we're connecting. And he was singing to me and making eye contact with me. It, and I it is a miracle. My glass of wine. It is a miracle <laughs> that we even continue dating, let alone get married when like I lost her that night. Like. <laughs> but anyway, he did a meet and greet with every single person that was there that night because he literally also, standing he's by like the, the exit, nicest yeah. person. Yeah. Like it, it would have been difficult for you to leave without him greeting you and saying, thank you for coming because he was basically he seems, handing out coats. Yeah. He, he seems like the nicest person and was just saying goodbye to people as they left. But there's pictures of he and I hugging and it, it's, I keep telling people we're best friends now. Hey, but you anyway, have a signed album that says love. The signed it, album I got true. does not say love. And I mean, that that's all you need so, to know. So uh, there's evidence we're best friends. And he also knows this. This is a uh, consensual mutual thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, His wife and I... daughter and soon to be second child. Yes, are, they are all yeah. in on this. It's not just me loving the celebrity. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, the album that I said no words about is amazing. <laughs> Go listen to it. <laughs> Cannot recommend it enough. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's so good. Anyway, it's what's your good. third one? <laughs> uh, my third one is... Uh, so yeah, this isn't exactly a, another groundbreaking pick, but it was hands down the album I listened to the most, if not Sawayama, uh, was Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. Just an incredible piece of work. Uh, I personally love the title track. Uh, Shamika is the one that everybody probably knows. Uh, but it's just a beautiful album, really personal. And just, she's kind of had this like resurgence uh, leading into this album because she was, uh, her song, uh, Shadow Boxer, was playing as Jennifer Lopez was uh, twirling around a stripper pole in uh, Hustlers. It was a good movie. I liked that movie, movie so much more than I good expected movie. I would. I, I call and like I see it. Uh, but yeah, it was just this like amazing kind of cinematic moment. And then they were like, Fiona Apple, what's she up to? She's releasing an album this year. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Fetch the Bull Cutters. He's in I, making me put books down to watch things once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Fetch the Bull Cutters, just this truly beautiful album. Uh, love listening to it. I bought new headphones. Uh, for the sole purpose of like being able to hear everything that my uh, earpods that came in came with my iPhone uh, couldn't pick up. Yeah, and then my last one. I always say Julian, but I think it's Julian. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Artist is Julian Moon, and the album is Good Girl. This again is not a new album, but it it is a a standby favorite for me. It is kind of just cozy. Like mm -hmm. it, when I was growing up, so my dad was a DJ for like school dances and stuff. So we always had lots of CDs and he listened to basically every genre of music. Uh, but as a family, we listened to a lot of uh, Beatles, Cat Stevens, Peter, Paul and Mary, like other than the Beatles, because they're the Beatles, I, I listened to a lot of bands and artists that people my age hadn't typically heard of and that people older than my age 
thought it was weird that I was listening to, <laughs> but just kind of the like folksy pop, just really almost soothing. Uh, you love an acoustic guitar and not much else. Maybe I some do. brushes on drums, but that's about it. Yeah. And when I discovered this album, it was first through a song that Nick had played for me because he was like, oh my gosh, this song talks about Powell's Bookstore in Portland, Oregon, which is <laughs> the best place if you have not heard of this place. It's a bookstore that takes up an entire city block. It's so good. Um, but anyway, so it talks about this. It, it's just so cute and it's just kind of like soft poppy. And so I ended up listening to the rest of the album a little bit after that. And just I became obsessed with it. It is very much that feeling of some of the songs are a bit more upbeat and poppy and some are a little bit lean a little bit more folksy. And it's just it's just so nice. It's comforting to me. Uh, I love her voice. It's just it's very simple. Um, and it is a go to when I'm stressed and like. Like I said earlier, I don't like driving, so driving long distances stresses me out. So sometimes when I have a lot of errands to run, I will turn that on in the car because it makes me feel better. I don't know. Stuff like that. Yeah. That was a lot of words that didn't really make sense, but No, you're good. Um it's very like she would she feels most at home in a coffee bar that serves alcohol after five PM. Very that. She's very coffee shop, but also wine bar. Yeah. Yeah. She one of the songs on the album is her as a barista at a coffee shop. And all of the things she wishes she could say to someone who's being very rude and yelling at her for their coffee being the slightest bit off or not warm enough or whatever. It mm-hmm. kind of changes throughout the song in different scenarios. But it's it's very fun. I just I love that one. Yeah. recommend yeah loser was the uh song that jenna was referring to that's just yes. like very cute and uh it, it, we it came up in like my spotify songs you might like kind of thing fairly early on in our relationship and i heard mm-hmm. it as i was driving to see jenna and I literally just like walked in the front door and i was like okay you have to like listen to this. I know we were going to like yeah. see your parents or whatever, but like just right. listen to this. <laughs> listen to this song really quick and just kind of like appreciate how very much us it is. Yeah. Yeah, it was early. It was probably yeah. around the same time that we bought the tickets for Leslie Home Jr. It was yeah. a month or two in. Powell's reading tea, Mario Kart. Like it's all it has yeah, everything. It's just it's very good. <laughs> it that song makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so those are my three listens. Um, I do have some other podcasts that I love to listen to as well. Unfortunately, this year, I haven't listened to very many of my podcasts because with the blog and then with starting this podcast and being so behind on my reading goal because of March through May and all that craziness, I... I'm having the mental roadblock a little bit this year, and I'm working to get around it, but I'm having a little bit of an issue in my brain where if I'm not reading or listening to an audiobook, I will feel a little bit guilty because I'm like, well, I should be reading, you know? 
And it's kind of like with the hustle culture, like I should be doing something productive to be getting something done for the blog or, you know, whatever. And so I didn't listen to very much music or very many podcasts this year uh, as much as I usually do or would like to just because I was listening to a lot of my audiobooks. Uh, but some of my favorite reading or bookish podcasts are SSR, Shit She Read. Um, another one of my favorites is Audio Shelf, which is a couple of my friends on Instagram. They do that and they listen to audiobooks and they talk about it and it's just delightful. It's a treat and a half. Highly recommend. Uh, but other than that, I think those are the only two that I actually actively listened to episodes of this year. Uh, we can listen. Uh, throw out a shout out to uh, a book podcast that is started by two friends I went to high school with. Yeah, I do uh, love Cur- that one. Yeah, uh, Curtis and Chelsea Fader. Uh, they started uh, the He Read She Read podcast. Uh, Curtis and I are both in the military. He was a year ahead of me in high school. Uh, Chelsea was in the same grade. Was in a lot of my classes. They're awesome people. Give them a listen to after you've. Uh, Listen to, subscribed, and given a five star rating to uh, this podcast. So, wow, see what I mean? Yeah. Marry your hype man. Mm, <laughs> <he's the best. laughs> so, do we want to go into our watches and we can do a slightly lightning round for some of them? I was going to say you, you have more than I do. I only I only put three. Oh, okay, I can start then. Go for it. Uh, so I wrote down. Five. The one that I will barely touch on, but I wanted to mention, is Little Women. I loved it so much. Talked about it a couple episodes ago with Dana. It just was a perfect movie. I loved it so much. And now I want to watch it again. Go watch it. It's very good. Even if you haven't read the book, highly recommend the movie. I hadn't uh, hadn't read the book at all. Didn't know anything. Was very confused why everybody got sad uh, around the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right around the end. Um, I really thought she was going to make it. Anyway. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, Read Megan Joe. She makes it. She makes it yes. in the modern telling. <laughs> um, but yeah, Greta Gerwig's adaptation is phenomenal. Uh, love the... All of the performances are so good. We're we're in the middle of the Florence Puissance. Like it's mm. just we we, we are we are lucky to be look, look look around at how lucky we are to be alive watching Florence <laughs> Pugh on screen. Um, but Greta Gerwig's a fantastic director. The split story or the split timeline was mm-hmm. a masterstroke, and I think she got robbed, and I'm still bitter as hell about it. Yep, it's just me. I'm so mad. Anyway, Bong Joon Ho is pretty cool, though. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the fact that she wasn't even nominated it's fine <laughs> not getting into it but sure. I was pissed no I'm with you <sighs> um, and then I will do another one I'll do Emma next because that was the next yeah. one that we watched actually I think the last one that we watched in theaters before the world ended yep yep yep, yep. which was forever ago Literally, like at I said le- earlier, he had to remind ago. me what we watched this year because I thought that Emma was last year sometime. It seems like so long ago. But uh, I love my girl Jane Austen. I'm, I'm a classics girl at heart, which is funny because I don't read as many as I would like to, but I just, I love them. 
And Emma is one of my favorite of her stories. I think, I think Pride and Prejudice is still my favorite just because it is the quintessential thing that you think of when you think of classic romance, when you think of Jane Austen, you know, whatever. But Emma is the character that I relate to the most, uh, I would say, out of Jane Austen's stories. And so I just, I really loved getting to see a new take that was was pretty faithful, made it feel very modern while still being mm-hmm. a period piece. It was just, it was a really cool blend, I thought. Yeah, I completely agree. That was you know, so the last movie we saw in theaters before they shut down and movies stopped being released. It, it, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful movie to look at. Um, mm-hmm. Great performances. Uh, just a delightful Bill Nye. Just <laughs> yeah, the casting there. was top notch in that movie. Absolutely. It's so good. Uh, Emma is probably my favorite Jane Austen. I've really only had exposure to that in Pride and Prejudice, but Emma feels the most like real and like not take, like not taking itself so seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are definitely the two I know best as well. I read Mm -hmm. I think Persuasion is the only one I haven't read. Uh, I read the other ones around high school, so I remember very little of them. But (laughs) Pride and Prejudice and Emma are the two that I am most familiar with. Yeah. I I just like that now that there's an adaptation of it that, like, high schools can watch that isn't arguably too old Gwyneth Paltrow and Clueless, as as, as awesome as Clueless is. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> We're not even going to go into it because, dang, I could rant about how much I love Clueless for hours, and we would never eat dinner. But, <laughs> but um, oh, Clueless is so good. Okay, I'm done. Yes, I always loved the Gwyneth Paltrow movie. I still do really like it. I think that it has some very fun moments, and again, I think some of the casting is really fun. Um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, who plays Mr. Elton? Uh, I literally just remember Gwyneth Paltrow. I only saw it in high school. Super famous guy in a lot of other I'm stuff. Sure, he cannot is. think of his name. Yeah, uh, Ewan McGregor is in it, which I, I remember his name because who wouldn't? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> there are moments in that one that I really love as well, and some of the casting choices are really fun. But part of what I love oh. so much about the character of Emma, what's his name? Uh, Alan Cumming. Yes! I was <laughs> I like, I love him! <laughs> Couldn't think of his name. It's kind of like uh, Ben Kingsley the other day. And yeah. I'm just, my brain is mush. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite things about Emma Woodhouse as a character is she is so young. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the heroines are in these more classic novels just because you know, back then, that's when you were falling in love. That's when you were yep. getting married. Like, it's just more of these types of stories were happening for really young women. But Emma is, I think, supposed to be, like, 17 or something? 18, maybe? Something like that. She's definitely on the older side, because it's, uh, why isn't she married is the yeah, kind so, of, like, through line of it all. But at the same time, like, she is still a kid, kind of, you know? And... I like Gwyneth Paltrow a lot, and I think she was good in the role, but I think that 
that part of Emma's character just could not come through because Gwyneth Paltrow was quite a bit older than the character when it was played, which again is fine. I think she was good in it, but that in the story, a lot of the wrongdoings and a lot of the miscommunications, things like that are just because Emma is so young and because she doesn't necessarily think things through the way that you know, someone a little bit older might or think about interactions with people the way someone a little bit older might. And she kind of has to do some growing up and some aging throughout the story. And I think that this was, other than, again, Clueless, which I barely count as a telling of Emma, um, I think that this My was My AP the English first. teacher did. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, but anyway, again... Soapbox put away. I just think that this was one of the first tellings that I have seen that that part of her character really came through. Yeah, and absolutely. I, just, I loved it. Would you like to go now? Would you like to sure. tell us one of your favorite watches? Sure. Uh, I'll start with the one I have the least amount to talk about. Uh, uh, back when movie theaters were still a thing, uh, my form of like weekly self care was I every like Sunday morning I would go out and see a movie. We had uh, Movie Pass with Alamo. It cost like a dollar. It was great. So nice. But like just sitting in a movie theater, in a dark movie theater, and just having one story to focus on was everything for me. It's one of Still the few is. times for both of us, I think, that we don't have that part of our brain that's saying, you should be doing something else. Or like there's something else you can be doing. Right. And that's just like um, even watching movies at home. I always have my phone. There's something going off. There's something going on. And just being in a movie theater kind of removed from all of that is just self-care for me. Yeah. But uh, one of the last movies I saw before everything closed down was Oscar Sunday. And it was uh, movie 1917. Because I knew I knew, I knew I was going to like it because it was a war movie that wasn't focused around an event. It was focused around characters, mm-hmm. which are the only war movies I enjoy. Um, and I also knew that it was beautiful, like a visually visual feast. It was beautiful to watch. And I knew that I wanted to see that on a big screen. I didn't see that one, but even just based on the trailers, it is stunning. Yeah, it is absolutely beautiful to watch. Just it's a single track, uh, or a single shot movie, which was, it's like, come check this out. It's so cool. It's been done before, but it was just beautifully done. And it was the, like thing that made me really appreciate directors and how their job is to really realize uh fully understand what information is being relayed to the audience what the audience sees and understands about the story as a whole is all about into the director and how they frame that shot and it was just such a cool experience i would recommend it to anyone uh it's out on blu-ray and streaming right now um i don't know why i'm talking up this Oscar winning movie. Hashtag sponsor me. <laughs> yes, yeah, sponsor me. Uh, who's the director for that? Anyway, not important. Person. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. 1917. Awesome. Yeah. The next one I will go into, I'm not going to talk too much about either. It was, it's by far the most recent viewing of the five that I chose. And that is Jingle Jangle on Netflix because 
I'm so very far in Christmas mode. I needed to include a Christmas movie. And I figured if I included Muppet Christmas Carol, it would be a cop-out. Because it's my favorite of all years. But with such good content, though, I could talk about it for hours. <laughs> I, whoo, start singing the songs. <laughs> be great. Anyway, that is not the movie we're talking about. <laughs> Jingle Jangle on Netflix. A new uh, Christmas-themed movie musical was so cute. We didn't know exactly, or at least I didn't, what to expect going in. Uh, We had seen the trailers, of course, and we saw that it was a really great cast. We saw that it was a musical and that it looked kind of fantastical. You know, there's lots of magic involved and uh, invention and all of that. But other than that, we didn't have a ton of information. And so we went in not having expectations really let it be so much, at least in my opinion. It just, it was so much more than I would have expected it to be. And the music was so good and the performances. I just, I thought it was so much fun and the story was so sweet. I have already been saying, hey, Nick, I'm ready to watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it could very quickly be a, like, Clausen family, uh, like, on our seasonal list, like, yeah. must watches. Very easily. Um, well, yeah, it's just, it's, the story is about believing in yourself. It's about letting your imagination run wild every once in a while. It's about... Family coming together for the holidays. Yes. Uh, Little girl, (laughs) inventor, who's the best. And she's the square root of impossible. And I love her so much. (laughs) And her song is so good. (laughs) That was my favorite of the songs. The opening number is so cool and tight and choreographed Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's it's very much a Broadway opening number. Yeah, very much so. But yeah, the, the little girl, the granddaughter's. Uh, solo song. I wept. It's it was very good. so cute. I loved it so much. <laughs> so it's on Netflix. It's a streaming now. Go watch it. Yes, young upstarts uh, Keegan Michael Key and Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> right. I don't know if you've heard of them, Introducing. but they've just a great job. <laughs> Tell them that you heard of them <laughs> first here on the same page. Uh, yeah, you will. You will get no discounts. It's fine. It's, yeah, but it was so good. I was literally talking to my mom about it earlier and how I loved it and she needs to watch it, but also how I want to make them watch it with us and and (laughs) go watch it. It's very cute. Your turn. My turn. Yes. (laughs) Let me take you back to optimistic (laughs) times in January when when life was full of possibilities. Uh, and I would like to talk about the best reality show of 2020, The Circle. <laughs> <laughs> How was I not prepared for that? I don't know. Like, it it was 600 years ago or January. Not sure which. Yeah. Time is irrelevant. Also, this but, show yeah. literally should have prepared us for what 2020 was going to be. They this knew. one or uh, Love is Blind. I yeah, mean. they knew. They were trying to <laughs> warn us. It was... Uh, such a kind of like unique way of doing reality show and dating, but not really all through this fake social media profile. Um, people were pretending to be, in, uh, 
or real. Uh, they could be themselves. They could be another person. They could be two people being one person. It, it's just a, a commentary on how we uh, interact on social media. Mm-hmm. But it was just everybody was segregated in their own rooms. That could have been a terrible show. It could have been yeah. so bad. No so actual boring. interaction. So boring. Just people like watching paint dry in their recently refurbished uh, hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like I don't, it, part of it was the cast. Uh, part of it was yeah. the direction and the producers just being like, I need you to narrate every single thought you're having out loud. Otherwise, this is going to be a very bad show. And part of what made it fun, too, is this fake Facebook. Basically, it was the profile could have been real or fake or someone you knew or whatever. But this fake social media platform that they were using was through their TV and they could only use it by talking to basically a Siri or Alexa. And so any messages they wanted to send, they had to say, hey, Circle, send this message to Nick and say this. And they would say it out loud. So that made it much more interesting to watch instead of watching over people's shoulders as they're yeah. like typing. <laughs> but it was, it was just... I think part of it was just the amazement of just like, this shouldn't work. This shouldn't be as engaging as it is. Who wants to sit in their rooms by themselves and talk to people only through computers? Right. Like, it's just so weird. And who would would actually do this ever? Cough, pandemic, cough. Um, (laughs) But it it was such good television. Like, it was so much fun. It was like the thing I was most excited for for a month in January. And just, I kudos that was talk about things i immediately wanted to rewatch and that one wasn't even a movie like it wasn't a plot it was it was reality tv but it was so fun and people never knew if this profile that they had been flirting with for three weeks was a catfish or if it was actually this real person and they were making a love connection they never Mm -hmm. knew if the person that they were forming an alliance with and at the end of the episodes they would vote people off based on their uh, social media presence in the circle. And the person who got voted off could pick someone's room to go and meet. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, it was so good. It was so much better than it should have been. It, it was so fun. I can't wait for season two. Yeah. I just, I talk about just low expectations we were walking in thinking it was going to be trash and it still was but it was also just really really entertaining entertaining enough that we have been on multiple accounts tempted to watch the circle brazil and watch it and (laughs) read the subtitles yeah because we just we want more of this show it was such a weird concept but it was, it Mm -hmm. was so fun and much better than Love is Blind. Like, I, I yeah. th- th- that was that, that was, was the fun. cultural was show. Weird. It was so uncomfortable. Like, it was just, that was just watching people be miserable. Yeah. None of them liked each other, except for the except one couple the, that got yeah. together on day one. And at this yeah. point, I'm too afraid to keep checking in on them and see if they've gotten divorced yet. Like, it's... I think they're still good. I think they still do, like, social media ads. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. They... I don't know if it actually went through, but there were rumors that they were getting a reality TV show, the two of them, at one point of their hey, lives. Any, anybody can host a Netflix show. like Truly. 
Netflix, hashtag sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I what guess is I will, your next one? Yeah, I guess I will go in with my television show. Let me take you back. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, only one grandiose right. uh, only introduction one per goofy. episode. Thank you. <laughs> um, so this was a show that you had watched previously, and you were like, oh my Most god, you. you will love this show. We need to watch it. And I kept being like, I know I will love it, but we need to have time to sit down and watch it. Because I don't want to stop and start in the middle and all of that jazz. And so we finally did during March. So like amidst the world being terrible. March, at least six marches ago. (laughs) We sat down and we watched this little ditty called Schitt's Creek. Don't know if you've heard of it. It's it's, uh, under the radar. It's Canadian. It's so. so good. It's just... We have talked about this quite a few times before, just us separately, and when we are talking to other people about this show or uh, The Good Place, like these types of shows, but something about watching characters that you enjoy become better people is just so nice. Like, it just feels good for your soul, Mm -hmm. watching other people become better people, and this show had that in spades and I think all of the characters or at least most of the characters had that, not just the family of the roses, Mm -hmm. but it just, it was so funny and really heartfelt. And I just, we, I never wanted to stop. So we binged the whole thing and within a month, Probably less. So I loved it so much. It is now in my probably top five TV shows ever that yeah, I have watched. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so good. Again, I doubt I am reaching anyone out there who has not heard of and probably watched Shit's Creek. But dang, y'all, if you have not watched it, I need you to watch Shit's Creek. Just for me, personally. As a <laughs> personal favor to me personally. Watch Shit's Creek. It's it's so good. And you will feel very good after you watch it. Yeah. You want to hit me with your last one? Sure. So I actually just thought of one that I'm going to throw in here very quickly because you have... I love you. You have nothing to contribute on this one. Um, wow. As a personal favor to me personally, people who have never met me, I need you to watch Ted Lasso on Apple TV. <laughs> the tail end of a couple episodes he watches I make, i'm this going one. to make you watch it yeah he watches this one in the mornings on saturdays and sundays when i'm still sleeping so because i stay up later than he does <laughs> uh so it's if you remember the and uh premier league on nbc tv ads it's jason sudeikis playing this american football coach that inexplicably gets a head coaching gig in the premier league uh soccer in england and there should be nothing good about this are <laughs> you kidding me so dumb <laughs> we tried this with the cavemen on abc it didn't work <laughs> oh i forgot about that everybody forgot that about that <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good it's 
just the main character is just this positive, relentless force of just like down home, like aw shucks American sensibility, and just this like n- never never get you down kind of personality, uh, taking on this incredibly insane situation and just thriving. Like he goes through his own personal struggles and still comes out very positive on the other side, building a team together and trying to keep this uh, Premier League club from getting relegated next season and just falling into financial ruin, all while this uh, uh, the new owner of the team is basically trying to major league uh, the club into getting relegated to get back at her ex-husband. It is the happiest I've ever felt watching a show, with the exception of maybe Shit's Creek. It is the most, like, laugh-out-loud-funny show I've watched, with the exception of maybe Shit's Creek. Like, it is that good, and can we watch it tonight? Sure. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, like, swooning over here, because watching you get very excited about that show just now was very sweet, and I loved it a lot. Sorry, y'all. It's the, it's the only thing on this list you have... Here. It's the only thing on my list that you haven't heard me like go at length about in the car when I can't when you can't like tuck and roll out the when out I can't the run away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're so cute. You're so cute. And what's your last thing? <laughs> my last thing is kind of a weird pick until I explain it. So I've mentioned on the podcast before, and Dana has uh, regularly been asking me for updates on this. And this is not going to be news to you, but you and I here at home in our married life decided at the end of last year that we were going to watch all of, or at least all of that we could find and make a list of, the Disney animated movies. And we made as comprehensive of a list as we could. Uh, We included the... Uh, straight to VHS sequels, or at least we had Pocahontas two and Valiant on the same list, and I feel yeah. like we deserve credit for that. But also, we, we put we up with that, that for you. one. <laughs> we did this for you, <laughs> the podcast that we didn't have when we started this. Um, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people are gonna fall in love with you and be like, "Just bring him on," and you're gonna be like, "I don't read enough." Jokes on you! I don't read enough. Um. <laughs> Let's talk about movies. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're working on that one, too. Um, But, uh, yeah, we watched that one of the World War II flight propaganda. Yeah, Victory Through Air Power. That was so long. I expected that to be, like, a 25, 30-minute thing. It was a full hour and a half, if not longer. It was so long. I like I I know the history behind it, and I know that like Disney like paid the bills by making things for the army in during World War II, and I yeah. still don't know who like this was live for. your bliss, make that money. But holy shit, it was long. Um, but anyway, so like it was a full list, uh, and watching everything in order of release. So we started with Snow White, and now. Last night we watched Moana, and so we're almost to the almost end. There. I think almost I think there. we only have about four or five movies left, but it's been a journey. It's it's been wild. Some of them we 
not Couldn't winners. Have a better year. No. Oh, truly. The one <laughs> thing that 2020 has been good for was our Disney movie watch through. We we had this idea in 2019, and we we it's it's we just got lucky. Yeah. And by 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 we got lucky, it means we got unlucky in literally everything else. Yeah. But this was the one thing that the pandemic was good for, was we got really far ahead of schedule on these Disney movies. Um, but yeah, so it has been a journey. Not all of them are winners, y'all. Uh, planes, Fire and Rescue. Don't watch it. Cars 2. Also don't watch it. Don't watch it. <laughs> it's, I mean, don't want to, you know yuck anyone's yum here if you want to watch it watch it but cannot recommend them less honestly we did not like those if you were um, over the age of four don't watch planes fire and rescue let's go with no. that cars 2 also very bad just very bad Truly but we're not here like to I talk about the bad ones we're here to talk about the good ones and our favorites and i think we were talking about this this morning my favorite of if we're like separating this list into categories, there's the ones that we watch all the time or the ones that, you know, I at least have watched pretty regularly over the last decade. But there's definitely a category of ones that I may have seen when I was about 10 and have not touched since. Um, and there were a few movies in that category. This movie was my favorite of that category and revisiting this and basically rediscovering it. Uh, and so it is The Reluctant Dragon, which sounds wild, which is why I gave it this whole lead up. Uh, but basically what I remembered of this movie from when I saw it as a kid was the cartoon itself, which is just a super short, what, 15, 20 minute cartoon about this. The last one here. About this dragon who wants to drink tea and make friends, doesn't want to fight any knights, and so he hides in his cave. And then a knight comes and wants to fight him, and they don't and pretend they do. And that is it. <laughs> like, that is the extent <laughs> of the cartoon. And that is all that I remembered of this movie. And so we started to watch it that night that we were going to turn it on. And I basically said, yeah, I remember this. I don't remember it being as long as it is. You know, when you're streaming it, it shows you hour and a half or however long the movie is. And I said, I remember it being a cute cartoon, but I, it was fine. You know, it, nothing really happens. And it was so much more than I remembered. There's this whole mm -hmm. live action part of this movie that makes up about 75% of it. Of yeah. this guy touring the Walt Disney Studios and uh, learning about how the cartoons are made. And at one point he goes into the music and Foley room and sees them making the soundtrack to uh, the little engine that could. And at another point he learns how they make the... Donald Duck cartoons and sees the person voicing Donald Duck for these cartoons. It's just, it's so cool. And I did not even remotely remember that being a part of this movie, but that was one of 
my favorite parts of doing this watch through was mm-hmm. that movie specifically and basically completely relearning about this movie. Yeah, I had never even heard of it. It popped up in the like as we were putting the list together, and I was like, "Cool, something I've never heard of." That's very early Disney. But yeah, I was just expecting the like cartoon portion that was the Reluctant Dragon and just being like kind of like the Make Mine music, the mm-hmm. Melody Time, just the, like cart the Disney shorts, the Three Caballeros, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, this whole live action part of somebody just like touring the studios, trying to shop this story around and just seeing how the cartoons are made, all of the weird tech that went into the Casey Jr. voice mm-hmm. or the, uh, or the Donald Duck who, yeah, that, that, that's a feat of nature that involves like Truly. pulling on your neck. It's very strange Nick keeps and trying to do the to voice. At. I gave up. I tried it that night and I was like, no, <laughs> doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly just wild and bizarre um but it's so cool like they take you through ink and paint you're seeing uh little statues of men models of lady and the tramp a movie that wouldn't mm-hmm. come out for another five five years i think yeah it's just such a cool and, um, experience I've, casey jr was the name i couldn't think of yeah uh, little engine that could is a different story i think yeah but um the train and dumbo yeah and so that hadn't happened yet either it's a separate cartoon and that cartoon hadn't come out yet either i want to say that was the next release i think so Uh, and then the next movie i want to say was dumbo or bambi and you see them working on the illustrations for that on the pages that they'll flip for the animation it just it was so cool if you are at all a fan of disney itself and Mm -hmm. the process or the history highly recommend that uh it was just it was such a cool peek into it yeah Yeah. i wasn't sure if you had other no no i mean it it was just really cool early early disney nerd and that was really fun to see um so i got one more uh I, honorable mention I'll give to Midsommar, which came out last year, mm. but it was super cool. Again, Florence Pugh can do no wrong. She's amazing. I actually, I actually watched that one with you. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did. Weird. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's awesome. Anyway. She's the best. Um, uh, but the last thing I have on my list, actual, is uh, another movie that came out in 2019, Oscar Buzz, that I didn't see until later this year when it was on streaming. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire hmm. is just a beautiful movie uh, of forbidden romance. I love a queer story, uh, especially a queer period piece. It's so delightful. Uh, and it's I feel a French like those movie. Stories are so rare. It, it they're becoming more and more prominent now as actors yeah. are willing to tie themselves to it. But like, I th- they just make me so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a French movie, so be prepared for subtitles. Um, but one of the things that I think really kind of gets undersold as it is a as the main like byline is it's about uh, lesbians in early nineteenth century France. That's fine. Um, it's true. But uh, one of the things that was so cool was just watching an artist try and develop their art in one medium 
while taking it in through another. So using the movie making process to tell a story about a painter. Yeah. It's just so interesting and just so like in depth. It's been a couple months since I've seen it. And I'd love to watch it again. But um that was the thing I was taken taken aback by while I was watching that movie the first time was just watching an artist try and paint and like sketch along with the paint and just experience this process in one medium through another medium and how that kind of flows together. How do you tell a story and paint while watching it in a movie? It was just such a cool, cool movie. I would, that, that, that's probably my favorite movie of the year. And it was yeah. just amazing. I would just, as someone on the outside, I would say, I would think that's your favorite movie this year because that is mm-hmm. the one that I hear you talk about the most and reference the most. And anytime you talk about it, you just, you get really excited and it's adorable. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, any other favorites of the year that I maybe missed in my categories? I played a lot of Animal Crossing New Horizons (laughs) uh, early on. Haven't lately, even though I want to because I'm, I'm busy, but... You got that Christmas so update. Good. You got to go meet the reindeer that. <laughs> go play that right hats, now. I think. But yeah, any other favorites? Yeah, uh, th- those are the other ones I wrote down. Um, that's oh. all I got. Awesome. Well, that is also all that I have. So I guess and start wrapping it up. Thank you for joining me. Very last minute. I appreciate it. Of course. It. Happy to help. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for the episode. You can email us anytime at the same page pod at gmail.com. If you have any books you think we should read for the podcast, any questions, collaboration requests, or maybe if you've read one of our upcoming books and you have any questions or discussion topics you'd like us to include, please send us an email. I would really love for you folks to be a part of those conversations with us. Uh, If you want to reach out to me specifically, you can find my blog at tacklingtbr.home.blog or on Instagram. I almost forgot the name of that social media platform. Oh, it's funny. Social media platform that consumes your entire life. It's been a long day, (laughs) y'all. Or you can find me on Instagram at tackling underscore TBR. As for the podcast, you can find us and connect with us on Instagram at the same page podcast, on Twitter at the same page pod, and you can find us on both Facebook and YouTube by searching the same page podcast. And then the last thing, as always, that I'm going to throw in at the end here, if you are listening to the show and you are enjoying what you hear, thank you. Uh, We would really love it and it would mean a lot to us if you chose to go to apple podcasts or to amazon music wherever it is you're listening and subscribing leaving us a positive rating and even leaving your thoughts in a review it really only five stars please (laughs) it really only takes a minute or two uh but it just means the world to small shows like us and helps us get introduced to more bookish folks and other than that, I just realized you're not doing the sign-off. That, that's all on me. Uh, <laughs> you got this. You're the best. <laughs> oh, it's the best. Marry your hype man, folks. Uh, if you take anything away from this episode, watch those couple movies and TV shows and marry your hype man. <laughs> Ted Lasso and marry your hype man. <laughs> 
Uh, Mary Ted Lasso. (laughs) Also good. And with that, don't forget, we will be back next Friday, or at least I will be back uh, next Friday with a new guest co-host. And with that being said, thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. 